think of that one whole week that you got to see Ruanzi Contreras and O'Neill Cruz. Was that enough for you? <laughs> I bet it isn't. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Contreras did make it to PNC Park. He had that one three-inning start, showed some promise, got a lot of the jitter stuff out of the way. First appearance in the clubhouse, first appearance on the PNC Park mound, first cheers from the crowd, all that other stuff. And he pitched okay. Cruz had a little bit more of an impact coming up later, but for a full weekend and, of course, knocking one out of the ballpark and just generally showing well, showing what he's done at every level. To the eye, they both look very much ready for the majors. You can debate, I guess. Contreras didn't spend a whole lot of time in AAA, and, of course, he lost more than half of his 2021 season to an elbow precaution. So maybe he'd benefit from some time in Indianapolis. Cruz just kept rocketing his way up. By rocketing, I'm referring to the exit velocity off the bat. Now, might he have some kind of, oh, I don't know, hitch or hang-up to his swing or something else that he could work on and perfect in AAA? Sure, I guess, you know. But when you watch them, you don't think to yourself, man, they look terribly overmatched here, you know? Not at any level. They look like they're big league ball players, Not just with big league potential, but with big league now. And when you consider that, across the scope of this roster, this roster, then they'd absolutely belong. What would be the one reason, other than readiness, that you'd want to keep them down? Of course, it would be the Super 2 component. Now, I'm not going to bore everyone to tears here by going over Major League Baseball's arbitration process, but plain and simple, if you're held down for a couple months of a given season, then that team retains an additional full year of your rights at the end of your six years that they already hold in the majors. And that's a pretty nice deal if it's someone who is a star-level type player. Maybe one or both of these kids will be that. Contreras throws 100 miles an hour with all kinds of other weaponry. And Cruz might have the best raw power of, like, anyone in the minors. Not talking about the Pirates here. I'm talking about anyone anywhere. So, yeah, it would be worth it. However, however, like everything else in baseball right now, that asterisk there, that Super 2, is up in the air. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of 
stake on a stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. You hear me talk a lot on this show about the owner's perspective on the ongoing baseball lockout. Not because I side with the owners or that I care about the owners, but because that's the most likely path toward getting some kind of salary cap type system that'll allow teams like the Pirates to compete on more even economic footing with everyone else. But there's also a player's perspective on this. And the player's perspective, well, they've got their own list of concerns. And right near the top, trust me on this, is how much they, the players, and their agents hate the Super 2 system. Because what ends up happening with this system is that players who are legitimately ready to begin their careers at the major league level get deliberately held down. And in some cases, it's not just for a couple months. I'll give you an example. Remember when Chris Bryant came up with the Cubs and everyone was like, oh, Chris Bryant, he's so ready, he's so ready. Well, he was a Scott Boris client. And Boris was just howling all over the place because Bryant had a spectacular spring training for the Cubs in Arizona, and he was ready to come to Wrigley Field, and the Cubs held him down. Cubs knew he was ready. Cubs couldn't say anything publicly any more than any of the Pirates' general managers have been able to say anything publicly because it's seen as something of a visible secret, if you will, among sports executives. They know it. They just can't talk about it. That's one way of looking at it. Another one is Josh Bell. Josh Bell, when he was in the minors with the Pirates and he was hitting those 500-foot home runs and everything, easily could have moved through the system faster. He knew it. Boris knew it. And, yes, Boris represents him too. And I'm here to tell you on this program that Josh Bell's dad, and parents are very much involved in this sort of thing. It's their kids. Was livid about this with Neil Huntington and Kyle Stark. Just apoplectic. And he let them know about it. To the point that once Bell finally did arrive, it took some time for the entire Bell family to stop gnashing their teeth over the delay. Why was the delay put in place? Well, the Pirates were thinking if they did in fact have themselves the next power-hitting superstar... They would benefit from having his best years. Now I'm not talking about Super 2. Now I'm talking about delaying someone's arrival so that when they make it, they're like 24 years old or something. So instead of having them in the majors from their age 22 to 28 season, you now have them from their 24 to 30 season, and you get their prime. It's manipulative, and it's terribly unfair to players. It's awful for players. I am 100% on the player's side in terms of eliminating this component. 
I believe because the owners are going to be asking a lot of the players in terms of this economic structure, that this has to go. Now, I'm not going to suggest that Ben Charrington was aware of this when he called up Contreras and Cruz to end last season. But I am going to suggest that if, in fact, this is eliminated, Super 2 or the six-year window or however it ends up getting uh, altered, these two players should be in Pittsburgh to start the season. They have everything to gain from competing at the major league level, and the Pirates have everything to gain from having them here. Now, I can say that in a vacuum without knowing what the specifics will be because no one does. But if you throw out those labor contract variables, those players should be here at PNC Park in 2022. When we come back, just one question. one question and today's comes from Paul Sapienza who says I'm wondering in relation to the Pirates about the value of defense to winning there are rigorous data showing that money translates to wins as do hitting and pitching is there any data that links defense to wins I recognize this is a hard problem so you could also translate it into an opinion question but can you weigh the value of pitching hitting defense and coaching so that the sum of those equal one well no paul i don't know that anybody this side of bill james can pull that off but i do know that defense traditionally in this sport has been overvalued by some people grossly overvalued if you want an example I suggest that you hearken all the way back to, oh, let's say the 2021 Pittsburgh Pirates, who were really, really good defensively by some metrics among the best in the majors. And, you know, they lost 101 games. Why? Couldn't hit. Couldn't pitch. That's it. I mean, that's that that's your that's your model there. You can find. On an annual basis, teams that are good, that don't defend well at all, that are just lousy in the field. Uh, the one that jumps to mind for me uh, over the past decade or so has been the Milwaukee Brewers. I mean, year after year after year, they complain up there, and not without cause, that this team can't catch the ball. You put it in play, and you're going to get on base. But the metrics have shown for a long, long time that the value that a player brings defensively to the field does not at all equate to the value that he brings or doesn't bring at the plate. That's why baseball people now, you hear this a lot, will use the phrase, the bat will play. That's why you sign Yoshi Tetsugo and say, you know what, We'll teach him first base. That's why in Moneyball, Billy Bean stood by Scott Hatterberg, even though he couldn't play first base to save his life because he could get on base. That's the way the game is being structured now. It's about, well, 
I was about to say it's about off, offense and pitching, but really it's about power and strikeouts when you whittle it down. And that's why Tsutsugo, I don't think the Pirates would care all that much if he ever caught a baseball. Because what he's bringing to the lineup in terms of value, in terms of what he can bring with runs, which is all that matters in baseball, will more than offset whatever occasional mishap he'll have at first base or at right field. The problem is, as with most things in life, perception versus reality. Whatever Tsutsugo does to butcher a play in the field is going to get magnified a hundred times over. It'll be the one that shows up on the replays. It'll be the one that everybody talks about the next day and wags their finger about, uh, you know, lack of fundamentals and whatever else here. Well, everyone just had a team in 2021 that was pretty damn good at the fundamentals and lost 101 games. Don't get me wrong. I love, I love watching, covering great defensive baseball. I really do. I, I loved Ben Gamble's catches that day at Wrigley Field. I loved watching Jacob Stallings every single night with everything that he did behind the plate. Kebrian Hayes at third base. Kevin Newman really, really blossomed in terms of his range in 2021 at shortstop. Adam Frazier was an outstanding second baseman in terms of reliability. Brian Reynolds became a t- just a terrific center fielder. And all of those things will help the Pirates win baseball games at some point. Not Stallings, of course, since he's not around, but Roberto Perez has a couple recent gold gloves to his credit. This being a sound defensive team will help will help the process. It'll give the team, you know, not only fewer outs for their pitchers to record, but also a sense of confidence, a little bit of a swagger that you would see occasionally with these guys this past summer. But ultimately, gotta hit, gotta pitch. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates, and we will do another one tomorrow.